Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. When we come to these two passages of Scripture, and uh, I'll, I'll make some comments about this here in just a moment. And uh, to be honest with you, we'll probably be in this passage uh, not only uh, tonight, but maybe even also this coming Wednesday night. And we'll just see uh, what the Lord uh, gives us for tonight. But here in these two passages of Scripture, uh, we find an account of uh, two different churches in the New Testament, uh, two different places uh, where the Apostle Paul had an effect in his ministry uh, to see a church birthed and to see a church uh, move forward for the cause of Christ. And then, of course, we know that Revelation is written by the Apostle John, uh, but if you study the book of Acts, this church at Thessalonica uh, was used to be, uh, was birthed and, and, and planted by the Apostle Paul. God used Paul in Ephesus as well, and we've seen that, no doubt, in our Timothy studies and other things. But these two churches, while in our reading, it may seem like there's not much uh, that unites them. The reading itself, one reading here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, is a passage of Scripture that is very positive. Positive. And then in uh, Revelation chapter number 2, uh, it seems like while there is much positive that is mentioned in Revelation chapter number 2, the, uh, the main thing about that passage and about uh, the account that uh, the, the, uh, John the Revelator gives us uh, in uh, that passage of Scripture and in that chapter concerning uh, the church at Ephesus, what sticks out in our mind is always the negative. Amen? And that's not, is that not the way we are? Amen? Uh, there can be uh, a multitude of verses that are positive, and we constantly remember Ephesus for the one negative part of the entire uh, passage. Amen. But one is a very, ne very positive, and another is very uh, negative in our memory. Amen. When we think about what is said about uh, this church at Thessalonica, we think about uh, a church where the Bible says that Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus here are given this word to uh, the church of the Thessalonians, which the Bible says here which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that indicates that they are saved. And then grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul and his co-laborers give a salutation uh, to this church. And then he begins to make some statements to this church beginning in uh, verse number 2. Uh, they together, Paul, Savanus, and Timotheus, <laughs> make them make this statement here. They the Bible says, verse number two. We speaking about all three of those men uh, give thanks to God always for you all. Could you imagine what it would be like to hear uh, those words come off of the Apostle Paul, uh, his lips, or even off of his pen uh, to describe you? Amen. Could you uh, think about the uh, the man of God or uh, the Christian in your life? Amen. That means the most to you, and you look up to uh, the most. If they could say, I always 
please give thanks to God for you. Amen. What an encouragement that is. Amen. They go on to say, making mention of you, um, uh, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering uh, without ceasing. So they are praying for them. And then now in verse number three, they are remembering them. Not only do they remember them in prayer, but they have their actions and their deeds and their ministry always on their mind that this group of Christians is important to them and means so much to them that they remember them according to verse 3 without ceasing. Amen. Notice what the Bible here says he remembers about them. He says that the Bible says that they remember their work of faith. They remember their labor of love. They remember their patience of hope. Amen. The Lord uh, Jesus Christ. Amen. Their steadfastness. Amen. Their endurance. Their trusting in the Lord, if you will. Their patience of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Amen. Verse 4, he says that he knows uh, that they are brethren beloved. He knows their election. He knows that they've been born again. And then the Bible here talks about in verse number 5, this church and their ministerial work. The Bible says there in verse 5, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and the Holy Ghost and much assurance, as you know what manner of men uh, we were among you for uh, your sake. Paul and these men are talking, um, these men as they write are talking about their ministry in the city of Thessalonica. And then in verse number 6, he talks about them becoming followers of them, them becoming saved and following after uh, their teachings and not just followers of them. But this is more important that not only are they followers of God's leadership in their life and uh, the spiritual authorities that God has given them that have declared to them the word of God and the right way of Christianity, amen, and of faith in the Lord. But the Bible says they didn't just become followers of their uh, of, of their of the preachers and of uh, the apostles and of those laboring with the apostles but they became followers of the Lord can I say this tonight if you become a follower of a man a man without becoming a follower of the Lord you've completely missed it amen uh, we ought to be followers of the Lord more than followers of anyone else there are people <clears throat> amen that their ministries I follow amen their uh, preaching I follow I keep up with amen there are people People that I've led have leadership in my life, Amen. But I, but I follow the Lord primarily, Amen. And so we will see that. Then the Bible said they've received the word in much affliction, where they are, where they're laboring. If you'll study, and we'll mention some things before we're done with these messages. But if you consider what uh, went on in the uh, book of Acts in this city of Thessalonica with these men, you'll understand why these Christians in that area were in much affliction. Amen. There was much that went on contrary uh, to the name of Christ in the city of Thessalonica. So when the Bible here uh, says that they received the word, but they had to do it in much affliction, we understand that. Amen. There was great opposition to the gospel in Thessalonica, but... Despite all of that, thank God, they still received the word. Amen. They still became followers of the Lord. They still became followers of the spiritual authorities in their life. Amen. And the Bible, this is an amazing thing here. The Bible says this church, when they received the word, although they had to do it in much affliction, the Bible says they did it with joy of the Holy Ghost. Amen. When the word was preached to them, they received it, and they received it with joy, despite being in affliction. 
So, in verse number 7, and I'm just walking through here pointing out some things, amen, about this church so I can make the point that I want to make tonight and then we'll be done. But in verse number 7, the Bible said that they were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and in Achaia. That is how far the extent of their following the Word of God, those that have preached to them the Word of God, amen, and then following of the Lord. That's how far the extent of their receiving the Word is when in their life, amen, they were not superficial Christians, amen, they, they were uh, those that when you saw them living for the Lord, uh, they were an example in your life, amen. Uh, they, by the way, this uh, uh, word in your King James Bible means a lot more than just an example. An example is a, is a model, it's someone uh, that you look to for uh, guidance, but an in-sample is more than that. It is an example, but it is one that makes an indelible mark upon your life. It has the idea of a king's signet ring that you would press into wax and it would leave its mark. Here, this word in samples means that everywhere these Christians from the church of uh, the Thessalonians, these Thessal uh, Thessalonian Christians, everywhere they went, they were mar making a mark upon people that they met for the cause of Christ. Can I say this? Amen. If I want my life to do anything, amen, if I'm going to serve the Lord, I want every person that I meet and everywhere that I go to have a mark that is left upon them. Amen. Because of my service for the Lord and hopefully the Lord will allow us to have influence in our life upon those, amen, that don't know the Lord and even those that do know the Lord to make an impression and a mark upon them. Amen. In verse number 8, here's what I wanted you to see. Notice this, they've been saved, they've heard the gospel, they've received it, they have followed the Lord, they have done so to the point where now they are becoming examples to all that believe. Not just examples, amen, upon lost individuals to see how to be saved and what a Christian looks like, but they are making a mark upon those that believe, amen. They are, uh, they are a group of Christians that these in Thessalonica would aspire to uh, be like. But in verse number 8, the Bible says, For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia, but uh, the Bible says, but also in Achaia, amen, and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad. Then he said this, so that we need not, uh, we need not to speak anything. In other words, Paul said, y'all have done such a good job of spreading the gospel and telling people about faith in Christ, amen, that in, th that in the city of Thessalonica, Amen. We don't have anything else to add. We don't have anything else to say. Amen. You have reached your area for the cause of Christ. Amen. You have taken what they have done in the beginning of the work in that city. And you have, uh, you have as an act of reaching your region for Christ. Amen. He says we don't have to come from where we are and add anything else to what you're doing. What a great thing to be said about a Christian. What a great thing to be said about a church. Amen. Would you not love to have uh, someone, amen, like the Apostle Paul come into Beacon Baptist Church and say, y'all have done such a good job of reaching Lexington with the gospel, amen, that I don't have to do anything. I can go somewhere else. I can spread the gospel somewhere else. This area has been reached, amen. Can I say this? In these verses, I see what we should aspire to as a local church involved 
involved in the Great Commission. Amen. To reach a lost world with the gospel. To be in samples for Christ everywhere we go. Even to those that believe. Amen. To not only reach the lost. Amen. But leave a mark upon the saved for the glory of God. Amen. Verse number 9 says that they, uh, in doing what they have done, has showed, amen, how that they had turned to God from idols to serve the living God. Amen. <coughs> it is a proof, amen, of their salvation. And so we see a wonderful example of a church here, amen, that is serving the Lord and serving uh, the Lord in, uh, in the Great Commission. Amen. But notice this here in, in Revelation chapter number 2. This church at Ephesus, and I'm going to hurry uh, through some of this. Amen. Uh, the Bible says to this church at Ephesus, amen, I believe these are the words of Christ, amen, speaking to this church. The Bible said uh, that these words are to the angel of the church, amen, I believe that to be the pastor of the church. The word angel uh, means messenger, amen, and uh, I know there's some people that say they believe this is a literal angel. I simply believe, amen, that uh, this is a pastor, this is the messenger of the church, and there's many scholars that would agree with me on that, amen, or rather I would agree with them on that thought, amen. I believe if you have a word given from God to a church, uh, God's not going to give that word simply to just someone in the church. I believe he's going to give it to the man of God that is, uh, amen, the pastor of the church, amen. And so I believe we see this here. But notice what he says in uh, verse number two. Here's what he says about this church. He said, I know thy works. Amen. This is a working church. Amen. He said, I know thy labor is doing more than just working, but they are laboring. Amen. And uh, you say, uh, preacher, uh, that seems to be, uh, that seems to be uh, the same thing. Amen. I believe there's a big difference in just in work and labor. Amen. Uh, there is an intensity there in the word labor. They did work. Amen. But they also labored. And I'll deal with more about that word maybe here in just a moment. But it says he remembers their patience and how thou canst not bear them uh, which are evil. He talks about uh, their endurance, their spiritual endurance, amen, to keep on going in the work and in the labor, amen. He talks about how they can bear them which are evil. These are pure uh, Christians. These are people that live right and they expose uh, wrongdoing. The Bible goes on to say, and how thou hast tried them, how you have exposed them, amen which say they are apostles and are not, and has found them liars. <clears throat> part of their work, part of their labor, part of them doing what they're doing is not only them doing what's right, but exposing those that are doing wrong so that this church and those in this area would not be deceived by their uh, deception. Amen. Verse number 3 talks about how they've borne, how they have bore this load, amen, how they have had patience, and for his name's sake has labored and has not fainted. So this is a church that is involved in the work of God. I believe 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1 that talks about a church that is involved in the work of God. God said that he, amen, uh, through the apostle Paul, and God inspired 
recorded here that he said that there was a work of faith that could be remembered. Amen. That there was a labor of love that could be remembered. Amen. That there was patience of hope in Jesus that could be remembered. So here in these passages of Scripture, we find two different local New Testament churches that are actively and vigorously involved in the work of God. And God, through the Holy Ghost, speaks to the church, amen, as a singular unit, uh, as a singular unit, as a singular entity, amen. He's speaking to uh, the church, amen. But I believe when God speaks to the church in singular terms, I believe He's not only speaking to the church, amen, and the leadership thereof, but I believe He's talking to everybody in the church, amen. Everybody that makes up the church, amen. And so we see two churches that are actively engaged and involved in the work of the Lord, amen. However, although there are many similarities between these two churches, I would submit to you tonight that there is one glaring problem that is obvious as a distinction between the work and ministry of these two churches. I'd submit to you tonight as we look at both of these passages of Scripture, it is clear that both of these churches are involved in what we would call today uh, the Great Commission. Amen. But there is something that we'll deal with here in just a moment that separates them. Amen. But let me say this before I move on to that. Amen. I do believe that every church, according to Jesus' final words before His ascension in uh, Matthew chapter number 28 and Mark chapter number 16, in Acts chapter number 1. Amen. I believe that according to Jesus' final words of instruction, He lets us know that every church and that every Christian should be heavily involved in the Great Commission just like these churches are. I believe that. Amen. Any church that is not involved in the Great Commission has forfeited its right to be a church and has become nothing more than a social club. Amen. However, in these two passages of Scripture for this evening, we do not find either church doing that. Neither one of these churches is forfeiting its right to serve as a local New Testament church. These are not social clubs that we are reading about in the Word of God as many churches have become in our day. I think about a church that I heard of recently uh, from a very reliable source, amen, uh, that somebody that has been involved in the ministry of that church, amen, shared this with me uh, not long ago that there's a church, amen, with someone that this pastor friend of mine had a, had a, uh, has had a relationship with that made the decision to drop every one of its missionaries in order that they could go on TV and afford a TV broadcast instead. Can I say this? I'm, I'm, I think churches like that that aren't mission-minded Amen. That they're not interested in missionaries. Here's what here's what that pastor told their congregation. I can't. I don't know what what all the missionaries on foreign fields are doing, but I know what we're teaching. And I know what we're doing. So we're going to take all of the money that we used to put in missions, and we're going to put it in this one broadcast. Put it on TV, and that's our way of reaching the world. 
Where I, whereas I don't have a problem with you putting something out there online. I don't have an issue with anybody putting something on TV. Amen. I believe if you do something like that, amen, and you do it instead of supporting missions and missionaries and having a part in the Great Commission to the regions beyond where you are, amen, not just the regions where you are, but the regions beyond where you are, amen, even the areas that can't pick up a TV signal, even the areas that would never be able to turn in uh, to that television broadcast. It is our responsibility to reach even those folks with the gospel, amen. And I believe when you do that, you become nothing more, amen, than a social hall or a business or an organization, amen, that has no right to call yourself a church. A church is someone, amen, that has a, a saved a church, a saved and biblically baptized church body, amen, that serves God in their Jerusalem, amen, and then with the, uh, with the work of the Great Commission and missions reaches out to the four corners of the earth, amen. I believe that, and I'm not, amen, I don't, I don't, amen, anticipate ever compromising on that, amen. But here in this, these two passages of Scripture, we do, thank God, we don't find churches that are doing that, but rather we find churches that believe in the Great Commission and are working in the Great Commission, amen. However, these two, amen, Great Commission-minded churches, these two involve uh, churches, amen, in God's work, have a glaring issue that separates them. And here I want to begin tonight to talk about what separates these churches. Notice with me in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1 and in verse number 3. I want you to notice a word here. The Bible speaks about this church at Thessalonica and the Bible says in verse number 3, remembering without ceasing. Paul talked about this, your work of faith, and notice these next few words, and labor of love. Here in the church of Thessalonica, we find a church that had, uh, that had uh, labor and they were involved in God's work, but they did it from a source of love. But in Revelation chapter number 2, we do find the word labor. Amen. We find it more than once in the text. Amen. But notice what the Bible here says in Revelation 2 and verse number uh, 2. The Bible says to, the, to this church at Ephesus, the, the Lord said, I know thy works and thy labor. And in verse number 3, the Bible said and they, that they have borne and have had, they've had patience, and for uh, the Lord's name's sake they have labored and hast not fainted. However, when the Bible here mentions their love, the Bible says, and nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. We have one church that is laboring because of their love for Jesus. And then we have another church that is laboring despite a love of Jesus. Uh, with lacking a love of Jesus. Amen. So as we consider what separates them, we understand that what separates them is that the labor that both are exhorted, that are that both are exerting for the Lord, the source that that labor comes from, one has uh, is laboring, amen, because of their love for the Lord, and then one is laboring, amen, despite a love for the Lord, absent of a love for the Lord, a love that they have left. Amen. 
Can I say this tonight? I want to continue that thought, but I want to preach on this subject. I don't want to get too far without telling you what I'm preaching on tonight. Amen. I want to preach on this subject, and I have already a little bit tonight. I want to preach on a church that is involved in God's work, but not in God's way. A church that is involved in God's work, but not in God's way. In 1 Thessalonians 1, we find a church that is involved in God's work, and they are doing it God's way. God desires, amen. We see it in Revelation 2. God's desire is that His children do His work in His way, which is doing it with a love for Him as the source of why we do what we do. This church at Ephesus is that church that is involved in God's work, but they're not involved in God's work, God's way. And so I want to preach on that thought tonight. Amen. Look with me at 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1 and verse number 3. Notice the Bible there in 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse number 3 describes the church of Thessalonica's labor as a labor of love. Amen. A labor of love. In Revelation chapter number 2 and verse number 2, it speaks about labor and it speaks about that they have labored but no mention of love. Let me first tonight begin by saying that both of these passages mention labor. Both of these passages mention love. Amen. Uh, but only one passage has them working together. Notice the word labor that we find in uh, Revelation chapter number 2 and verse number 2 and 3. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse number 3. The word labor here in your Bible, that, that single entity that separates these two churches, Churches. While they're laboring, while they're while they're while they're involved in the work of the Lord, they are laboring. Amen. They're doing this, but they're doing it without love. That's what separates. Notice the, what God says they are doing. They are laboring. That means the word labor in Revelation two two is slightly different than the word labored in the Greek language in verse number three. The word labor means to have trouble. It means to have difficulty. It means to have uneasiness. It literally uh, carries the idea of a cut, to have a cut, or to have a beating, if you will, or a bruising. It is an intense work that is coupled uh, with um, both trouble and uh, toil. Amen? In other words, when the Bible here says that this church is laboring, amen, it's doing more than just working, amen? Remember the first church of Thessalonica? They had a work of faith, but then they had a labor of love. Amen. God doesn't waste words in His Bible. There are a, there's a distinct difference between what they are doing when they are laboring. Amen. It means that they are working to the point of it becoming difficult, and they are working through the uneasiness. They are working through the difficulty. They are working through the trouble, and it is causing them uh, to labor. Amen. And they are working themselves into a, 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 until a, until just like a cut or a bruise, as I mentioned, this word has a, a word picture of. They are working themselves until you can look at them and tell how much work they're doing. I'll say this about this church of Thessalonica and about this church in Revelation. And you can say what you want about the church of the, the, the church at Ephesus here in Revelation chapter number 2. But I haven't met a whole lot of Christians that when you look at them, you can tell they've been wore down by the work of the ministry. Amen and amen. 
There are some, thank God, I've known some, amen, that you can look at them and say, that, bro that brother, that sister, they have literally labored and spent and been spent for the people, amen, that they have been called to minister to. But I'll say in our Baptist churches, they're few, they're, they're few and far between and becoming fewer and farther between. Amen. This church was one that labored, amen, that had, uh, that they uh, did labor. But then in Revelation 2, 3, we see the, the idea that they labored. The Bible said there in Revelation 2, verse 2, I know thy works and thy labor. He said, I know that pushing through that you've done to serve me in the ministry. I know the marks that you carry. Uh, I know the weariness that you carry because of the work of the Lord. But in verse 3, amen, this slightly altered uh, uh, Greek word, the Bible said, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored. Amen. This word labored means to be wearied or spent with labor. It is more than just laboring, but it is the effects of the labor, if you will. It means to feel fatigue. It means to work hard. It means to be exhausted. Amen. It's more than just doing the labor. It is the effect that the labor's had on you. Here's what the Lord said. By the way, I want to remind you, this church at Ephesus, they get such a bad rap, and this church at Ephesus that we all, uh, we all look down upon when we read this passage of Scripture, God said, I know that you are someone that is involved in the work of God, and you're giving, you're, you're, you are getting the gospel out. You're doing the work, and you're doing it with, uh, you're doing it pushing through trouble to the, and difficulty and uneasiness to the point to where you have become physically exhausted doing it. You're giving all of yourself to this work that I have called you to do, that we in this day would call the Great Commission. That is what they are doing. They are laboring. And here, amen, despite how we want to look down on this church at Ephesus, amen, what we find in Revelation chapter number 2 in verse number 1 through 3, it's not the Lord complaining about their work. It's not the Lord upset about their work. You will never in this passage of Scripture find him complaining about what they do, what he complains about, and what he gives, uh, what he gives as a negative word toward them, what he has somewhat he said against them. By the way, the Bible doesn't even say that God had something completely against them. He said it's just somewhat against them. You know why he says the word somewhat? Because it's not a problem with the work. It's not a problem with the labor. It's a problem of why they're laboring and what they have left out of their labor. And I'll say this, I believe that in the, the day and hour that we've lived in, we in our Baptist churches, amen, I think we will find that there are a lot of people, amen, that do have a passion for labor. We have a, we have a, and, and I'll say this, as a pastor in the ministry, amen, there is a labor to what, there is a labor to what I do in the Word of God. There's a labor to what I do in serving people. And I will say this, there are times if you're not careful, and no doubt you would say the same in your walk with the Lord, it is so easy as a Christian that comes to church and does this and does that for the Lord, amen, that you can lose your heart in the midst of it all.
You can lose the reason why you do what you do. I don't think we should look down upon this church because the Lord Jesus himself, amen, in this passage of Scripture is seen lauding them for their labor. Amen. He is seen praising them for their labor. And when he speaks of their lack of love and literally their leaving of their love, he said, that's only somewhat of what I have against you. There's a, that's only, that's only, it's only a small problem. And I believe what he says in, in verse number five, amen, is the fact that it can be easily corrected. Verse number five, he gives the prescription as to how to fix this problem, amen. So when we come to this church, we find a church that is laboring. We find a church that is, is serving. Amen. We find a church that, amen, uh, has, uh, it's involved in the work of the Great Commission. But I'll say this, they're doing it having left their first love. And I, I, I have several other things I want to give you tonight. Amen. I have, I've got into my first point, but uh, I don't want to take the next part I have. It's going to be extensive. I don't want to take too much time, and I don't want to lose what the Lord has given us from the fault tonight by going any further. So let me say this tonight. Let me ask you this, and this will be a question that I'll ask again in the next message as we conclude this, this thought. But I want to say this. Why do you, and I, I think we ought to ask ourselves this on a regular basis. While we are reading our Bibles, while we are praying, while we are passing out tracts, while we are telling people about Jesus, while we're inviting people to church, while we're doing all of these things that we do as the children of God, when was the last time that you or I have taken the time to ask ourselves, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm making this dish for the church fellowship. I'm cleaning up this part of the church. I'm whatever the case may be. Amen. Whatever your involvement is in this this local church's ministry, whatever your involvement is in the work of God uh, to others that you come in contact with, when was the last time you asked yourself, why are you doing what you're doing? Let me ask you this tonight as we close. Do you see yourself tonight in more in the condition of a church of Thessalonica? Where the Bible says there in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1, amen, that they are spreading the Word of God. They have received the Word of God, amen, and they are spreading it so much so that there was no, there's no need to come behind them and add to the work that they're doing. I'll say this, I don't know how many of us, including this preacher, can say that we wholeheartedly line up with this church at Thessalonica. What a, what a great commendation from the Apostle Paul as the Lord led him to give these words. He said, I thank God for you in my prayers. I thank God for the work that you are doing. I remember that, verse 3, without ceasing. I thank God for your salvation. I thank God for how you've received the Word of God, how you've done it. You've done it with joy, even though there's much affliction. And the Word of God, the Gospel is sounding out from you, not only in Macedonia, not only in Achaia where you are located, amen, but also in every place your faith to God where it is spread abroad. Can we have that said about us? Can we see ourselves there? Or would we more readily see ourselves in the shoes of this church at Ephesus that we're doing what we're doing, but we're doing it having left our first love without heart 
and without the love that we should have for the Lord. Amen. God, I believe in these two passages of Scripture, and we'll see more thoughts and we'll see more details, but I believe if you can boil it all down to one simple devotional thought, amen, when it comes to this, one simple practical thought is that the Lord desires that what we do be done because we love Him, not because we are passionate about labor, not because we enjoy the work, not because it may get us a pat on the back, not because it may uh, let us be something in the eyes of those that look upon us or those in the congregation that we serve. Amen. I think there's a lot of times we serve to serve each other. And we sing to sing to each other in front of each other. We, we work on that so we're not off a pitch or have an issue when we're singing in front of a group of people. Amen. But our labor is not meant to be simply for each other. Amen. I do believe we ought to be like that church of Thessalonica and be leaving a mark everywhere we go, even in those that believe. I'd say even especially at times in those that believe. Amen. We're in a fight. We need the encouragement that that mark and that influence gives. Amen. And that ensample brings. Amen. But I'll say this. Our labor is not meant to be for each other or just to not bring embarrassment upon ourselves. Everything we do, no matter how big or how small, should be done. Should be done because we are insatiably in love with our Savior. And I hope you're saved tonight. And I hope you know Jesus as your Savior. And I hope, as a child of God, you grow more in love with Him each and every day. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com. Yeah.